Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome into another edition of the Chords and Chords podcast. It is a familiar voice. If you've been listening, we're bringing back. The German track superstar Luis Bronder is back with us. Luis, how you been, man? Sean, glad to be back. It's been some time now. Um, really looking forward to this talk. I'm really good. Uh, hope you're good too. And yeah, can't wait. Yeah, so we're going to talk about football and not usually the football that you and I talk about. We're going to talk about real football, global football, as we Americans call it, soccer. It's going to be most of our conversation. But before we get to that, and we're going to refer, we're just going to establish now, we're going to refer to it as football throughout the conversation. So we are talking yeah. about soccer. But before we get Agreed to that, that, I see you wearing the jersey, man. It's got the Valley on it. You got the Suns jersey. I think it's a deep book jersey. What happened to your boys? Just briefly, I'm so sorry. I don't know. One of the worst Game 7s I've ever seen in my life. Completely breakdown. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just the Arizona thing, you know, uh, dominating uh, most parts <laughs> of the regular season and Completely collapsing in the playoffs. I don't know. Um, yeah, I was going to say, you picked a, the wrong state to become a fan of All-American teams, but there are yeah. worse choices. You could have gone with, you know, Cleveland's got a bad history. Buffalo's pretty cursed, but they're on the up. At least you didn't pick Minnesota. Minnesota teams are really, 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 really cursed. So Yeah, so I, I think I'm pretty good. I mean, two times playoffs, the Suns could have won that title. Um, but I don't know what happened, man. Um, at least I fought before Game 7 because uh, both teams uh, always won their home games in the series. Yeah. So Dallas won all their home games and Arizona or, or Phoenix obviously won all their home games. And so Game 7 was in Phoenix, man. So I thought they got to do it. They got to do it. And especially opposite. after... I, I thought especially after Luca went out of Game uh, of Game 5... You with a growth, you know, everyone's yeah. tough when they're up. I think, man, we got to shut them. We got we to gotta do it. But, yeah, Luca put on a show. Arizona, Arizona, Phoenix completely uh, collapsed. And, yeah, yeah disappointing. You got to root for the European, right? It's your, it's your brethren coming over and dominating America. You got to root for that yeah, a little bit. Yeah. All right, let's get to what we really want to talk about, which is kind of the culture of football, especially... But the experience you had last week is Werder Bremen, right? That's the, the it club, is. did I say it, it right? Yeah. Getting promoted, that's something that we don't have as much in America and our sports is the idea of relegation and promotion where it's so important and big where you have basically the main league and a minor league right under it. So if we're talking basketball, it'd be like if instead of, which would completely solve tanking, at least in the NBA, but it'd be like if the worst teams, instead of getting entered for the draft lottery, they would get demoted down to the G League and the G League champions would get promoted up. So obviously there's a huge amount of money at stake, um, even for the players, starting from the players to the team itself. You get more money, you can buy better players, you can win more. Just being on the top level is something that's joyful to you. So I'm just going to give you the floor and then we'll go along with it, kind of dive in some of the culture of football and what makes some of these things so special. But just taking through your day, you were there storming the field, absolute scenes, as they say, across the yeah. pond. What was that day like as you were there to witness your hometown club, Werder Bremen, going up? Yeah, maybe before that, I give a short 
review or overlook about how this whole thing works in, in, in Germany, as you already mentioned a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So we have the, the first league, the Bundesliga, and then we have the second league, the second Bundesliga. And the system goes like that, that every year um, from the Bundesliga, two clubs get directly relegated to the second Bundesliga. And then there's a relegation match, uh, if you like, a playoff match between the third in the second league and the 17th in the first league. So that's that's the whole point. Um, and last year, pretty heartbreaking for me, um, my club, Werder Bremen, um, got relegated to the second league directly, um, which was which was pretty heartbreaking because they were the the club which stay at the first league for the longest. So most fans in America maybe maybe know Bayern Munich as as the biggest club in Germany, and Werder Bremen even stayed longer in the first league than Bayern Munich. Wow. So absolutely tradition, uh, tremendous culture. We won title the national title four times. Pretty pretty some time back. So last title was in 2004, 2005. Oh, that's but, kind of recent. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, so as you can imagine, pretty emotional. I'm pretty emotional invested in this club. So some tears last year. Um, but uh, we played a pretty solid, a pretty solid season this year, and it all came down to the last match day. Uh, Bremen stayed at uh, play, at the second place. Um, in the second Liga, the last match day, so which would mean they go directly up to the Bundesliga. But uh, if some bad things happened on that last day, they also could move to to the third place to play in the relegation match or to the fourth place and have to stay for another year in the second league. So uh, pretty, pretty High emotional, stakes. pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it it really came down to that last match day and. I'm, I was looking for tickets for like half a year. I think um, it's true. It's it's ridiculous how hard is how hard it is uh, to 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 get on tickets for to watch the game live in the stadium, because the stadium capacity is about forty three thousand. I think, um, okay. and and I think they said that they could have sold out the stadium four times with Jeez. all the with all the people want wanted to buy tickets. So the the prices on eBay and 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 stuff and sites like that went like two thousand euros, two thousand euros, euros. For, oh my god, for, for a ticket, which is for 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 football in in, in Germany, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's like um, almost courtside at a NBA playoff yeah. game. Yeah, that's it's ridiculous. But people bought that ticket, so <laughs> it shows how much how much it means to them. And I was pretty lucky because the game was on. On Sunday and on Friday, um, I got a call early in the morning, like six in the morning. Uh, hey, Louis, I got one ticket left. You need to say uh, yes or no right now. And I was like, damn, give it to me. I'm going yeah. for sure. It's no question. No, no question. question ever, right? Yeah. Uh, and I was I was very, very lucky because, uh, as I already mentioned, it was so hard to get on tickets. Yeah. And um, pretty excited packed my stuff and went to Bremen um, on Sunday Sunday morning. And even from, um, I'm living in the middle of Germany and Bremen is pretty in the north of Germany. So I had a, like a four-hour train ride to, to get to the stadium. And even here from Erfurt, my hometown, I think in the train with me, like 20, 30 uh, more fans also going to Bremen with no tickets, but just to be in the city <laughs> to, to experience the whole 
yeah. the whole thing. Uh, if if we go up, I mean, the party after it was huge. We come to that later. Uh, yeah, so so that was pretty nice. Uh, drove up to to Bremen, um, and went to the came to the main station to the central station in Bremen. It, this place was completely full. I was there. I arrived like four hours before the match began. Um, oh, wow. And I, I nearly needed half an hour to get out of the central station <laughs> because this place was full. I mean, I think they doubled, all the people that came to Bremen doubled the... The town the, population? Yeah, the town population on this day easily. So, and in, we have we have uh, football clubs in Germany where you have bigger and not so big uh, fan cultures behind it. Mm-hmm. And Bremen is definitely a club with a huge fan culture, with huge support in the city. I think there wasn't a single person in Bremen who are not rooting, who is not rooting for the club and not yeah. not living that day. The, uh, the identity, because I know a lot of football clubs are really rooted in, you know, their identity. Bayern might be for you know the higher class Dortmund for the working class. At least in England, there's a lot like that, right? Where Tottenham kind of has this culture of something in Chelsea is maybe for the, you know, West London and a little bit more of the elites and stuff like that. What's kind of the culture behind the stereotype of a, the Bremen fan club. As we, uh, when you break it down to that, to maybe the working class, we have like Schalke and fear, which was the second club that uh, that got relegated last year to the second league and got up uh, this year. Yeah. Um, So big club too. That was surprising. Yeah. It's it's a tremendously big club. Yeah. So uh, the second league this year in Germany in the Bundesliga, it was huge. Maybe the best second league we ever had um, with two traditional clubs going down last year. Um, and Dortmund, I think uh, this is this, uh, they come from an area in Germany where, uh, which is really considered as a working class area, mm-hmm. I think. But in Bremen, I think it's, it's just, it's just uh, people really it, identify with the club people really living the culture of the club um it's a very when you look at it political it's a very open-minded club um always okay. with with strong statements against racism and against homophobic stuff so that's i think that's really the identity okay. of of Werder Bremen. um so yeah you're in the train station you're walking to the stadium what happens next I already was overwhelmed. So out, outside of the station, I have I had a few friends waiting for me from Bremen, um, who I was spending the day with. And as you walk through the city, uh, flags over all over the place, people in in, in jerseys. You the, the colors of the club are green and white. You you just saw green and white in the whole city. There was a fan. Uh, there was fans marching from the from the marketplace, from the main marketplace in Bremen to the stadium that were about 12,000 fans, I think, marching through like the city. Army. You, have, you have to imagine that the whole, the whole fan culture in, in, in Europe is a little bit different than to, to America. Yeah, so sure. we are, this, I think it's more organized. I think it's more connected. You have a chance to, you have songs to sing together that is, that are club related and, and that stuff. And so you have to imagine twelve thousand people marching through the whole city, singing, uh, singing the chants and songs of Werder Bremen, and jumping and screaming. And it's 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 you have to you have to experience something yeah. like that. It's and hard that's to just describe. before you even get into the stadium, right? Yeah. There's all those sounds. What was that like? That kind of the musicality of it, the singing together, because that's something you know in a stadium is always amazing when a bunch of voices come together and sing. And one of the best parts of European football culture. 
what was that like before you even got into the stadium? Just those chants. How did that feel, that energy in the streets? Man, you already get goosebumps. As soon as I stepped out of the train in Bremen in the central station, I already, I, the whole day I had goosebumps. It was, for me, it's like, I'm such, as I always said, I'm such, uh, I'm very high emotional involved in, in this club and in the, in the football there. So for me, it was just, it's, it was amazing. Uh, I already had no voice when I arrived at the stadium. So I was screaming and, and, and singing the whole way to the stadium. Uh, I was completely done. I was dehydrated. I was, but, but that's, that's how it is. You give a hundred percent. My first day of Coachella. Like, yeah. didn't even make it to the weekend voice was already gone. Yeah. So, um, and you're not even in the stadium. That's, that's crazy. So the whole city is behind this club. I mean, I think on this day, the whole city was this club. So, Everywhere flags of Werder Bremen, scarves, shirt, jerseys. It's, it's crazy. You have I, it's hard to describe. You have to you have to experience what what yeah. goes on in the city on a on a day like that. Um, yeah, and the scenario was clear. So we 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 had to get at least a draw. So we had at least to get one point in that match to to mm -hmm. go up automatically. Um, And yeah, that was the goal. And I think everyone was pretty optimistic because the last game went pretty well. We were one of the better clubs in the league, of course, because we just got relegated. So um, our team was pretty stacked. Um, yeah, and then we got into, I, I think I got into the stadium like two hours before kickoff. Um, that's the thing. The whole, the whole, um, I think that, that the whole ultra fans, uh, yeah. as we call it, The ultras, um, they already are pretty early in the stadium and preparing the stadium for the for the show they put on the choreo and and the flags and everything. Um, what type of choreo yeah. goes into it? Because that's, I mean, we have you know chants and stuff over here, but I don't think there's a lot of like fan choreography going into two hours before the match. You know, you watch Heat games and they show up in the third quarter. So what's yeah. the choreography like preparing two hours in the stadium before? So you got. And this game specifically, we had or they had a huge banner all over one um, the T4, one stand. Right? Yeah, like the whole the whole east side of the stadium was was uh, was was stacked with with this huge banner. I can recommend to everyone listening uh, to just I think go on Google and Google uh, football choreos, Bundesliga choreos. What they put on every match day, it's it's amazing. There goes such. Such an effort, there's such an effort behind this. Um, this week there was the European Cup final um, between Frankfurt and Glasgow Rangers. And I've read I was Sevilla. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I obviously for, for Frankfurt. <laughs> um, and I read that have you seen the choreography of, of the of the Frankfurt fans? No, I didn't. I I've I've um I think they drove from Frankfurt to Sevilla with seven trucks just to transport oh the whole the whole choreo. Um, so that's how huge it is, and they do this it's stuff insane. every it's like game a day. Concert tour production. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So that's that's the first point that really wow. gives you goosebumps when you're in the stadium. And then, of course, as the stadium gets fuller and fuller, and the kickoff gets more close, it's the atmosphere. It's it's amazing. I mean. I think I, I've never experienced an atmosphere like this in the stadium. I, it's, it was just, it was just 
Bremen is not the biggest stadium with about 43,000 people, I think. But all of them were standing the whole match, singing, oh. screaming, shouting. I haven't, I've, um, I'm going to be honest with you, the Bremen won 2-0, so 2 nothing. We beat uh, Regensburg to go up. I didn't saw one thing of the game. I don't, <laughs> I didn't saw the goals. I didn't know who scored the goals. I was just involved in screaming, shouting. <laughs> it's, it's been, it's been amazing. Uh, it's, and, but the atmosphere, I think looking back and having some time to, to think about it now, I would consider it one of my top five experiences in my life, not just sports related, but but overall, because it, the the atmosphere was, it was just magical. I, you, I've you never experienced something like that again. I think because yeah. of the situation, like you know, last game day, um, all or nothing, going up and having all the glory, going back to the first league, or failing and completely devastation. Uh, so it, it's just been crazy. What was it like when? Um... Because you said all this stuff's going on, you didn't even see the goal. Could you notice a difference? Because I mean, when people score goals in football, there's that pop, you know, you just see the stands go insane, especially when it's a game this important. Could you tell because it was so loud just all the time when the first goal was scored that it got even louder? Is that even possible? Yeah. yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's hard to imagine that if you're in the stadium and it's already loud and you can't hear anything and you're just screaming all the all time long. That you can get more louder or more loud, mm-hmm. but you can you can tell if if a goal if a goal um, is scored. Um, I mean, uh, outside the stadium, there are there were like I think twenty thousand more people just around the stadium who didn't get tickets to go in, um, and they 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 were standing there just for the atmosphere they got that has gone outside of the stadium. Yeah. And it's kind of like think, we're starting to develop that a little bit too, right? You see it with like the Deer District with the Milwaukee games or Jurassic yeah. Park back when the Raptors had their run. Some of these crazy fan bases have more people standing outside watching on a TV than actually in the arena. Yeah. And as I already said, it's been, I think, so much, so much people just traveled to Bremen on that day just to experience the whole vibe in the city to, to, catch, to catch all everything that was going on around the game. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's been tremendous. Throughout that day, how much beer was spilled on you? A lot. <laughs> I, I, I first I drank a lot of beer, and secondly I uh, got covered in a lot of beer. So a lot of beer showers uh, over my head. Uh, but that's part of it, especially um, as you already mentioned in the beginning after after the final whistle uh, was blown. And we were sure we go up. Uh, the people was uh, running on the pitch, like yeah. the whole stadium, the whole pitch was stacked with people. I was front row. I, I already got down to the to the uh, to the bottom of the of the of the field, and just to when the when the final whistle blows, to just run on the field and and be happy. And I don't know, just that that's just the thing everyone every club is doing when they achieve something big. Yeah, you know, people on the field. Uh, it was pretty harsh. Uh, I think there was some serious injuries uh, oh, after that. After those actions, uh, some people had to go to the hospital. Luckily, not me. Um, but I also I also said that yesterday. I think to a friend, I never hugged so much people in my whole life 
as on the as on that day just in Bremen. Yeah. I had I, I had so many people in my arms just <laughs> just you know 40 40 year old man crying in my arms just because <laughs> Werder Bremen got promoted to the first league it, it's been it's been crazy man. That's amazing. And Absolute scenes. Yeah, all those are crazy. I remember one time, the one time I've ever stormed a court. So North Carolina, my college, we're a traditional power in basketball, right? And my freshman year, yeah, my first year, we didn't have a great team. And Duke, our bitter rivals, were really, really good that year. And we had our, we were supposed to play them for the first time, and it got postponed because of snow. And we had we came up with yeah. this whole theory that uh, like we convinced ourselves because the game was supposed to happen. All the fans were lined up. Snow was coming down and it was announced that like no one was going to be able to drive to the game. So we were just sitting there waiting. They took us from outside, put us inside and we we're just sitting waiting. Then Coach Roy comes up and he tells us like, sorry, guys, you know, Duke isn't going to make it because we all got really excited that it was going to be all students. Right. They were just going to open up the stadium. All the students would be able to go. It would be all students. The crowd would be insane. None of the old people with all the rich tickets will be able yeah. to drive there. So we were convinced that because it's only eight miles, that Duke could have made that drive. They could have been there. They were already on the bus, apparently, that they could have came, but they were scared that it was going to be all students. So when we finally played the game eight days later, I remember it was one of the most I mean, I went to the Duke game all four years. But that first year, it was the loud, one of the loudest sporting events I've ever been to in my life. Like, I've been to the Olympics. I've been to the World Cup, which, I mean, is up there, too. Been to, you know, lucky enough to have been to some college football stadiums, Clemson, other places. That first Carolina-Duke game, there's just a different energy to it. I know everybody talks about yeah. that. And you see it on TV and stuff. There's a different energy to it. And we won for whatever reason. We stormed the court. And I remember my dad was texting me. He's like, all the announcers are ripping you guys right now. They're like, you don't storm the court at Carolina. But like you said, because, you know, sometimes there's injuries and whatever. There was a guy in a wheelchair who was storming the court. I think we even lifted him up. And it was just one of those great memories that you have where you're like, anytime yeah. I see someone storming anything, I'm like, you know what? Go for it. Because it's such yeah, a great do memory that. that you have. There's just a different energy to it. Maybe it's because you're not supposed to be out there. Or like you said, there's just a bunch of people gathered in arms that you don't even know, but you're all having that same feeling, that same joy. I don't know if you saw it, but Everton basically did what you guys did yesterday in their match to stay up in the uh, – they had to stay yeah. up. They're already in the Premier League, going to be relegated. They had to win to stay up. They were down 2-0, come back and score – they're in like they scored the third goal in the 84th minute to basically almost seal the win and everyone stormed the field before the game was even over it's just i mean if you know you know and if you go to the pitch and pure emotions you gotta do it i uh, i remember before in the press conference before the game the, the club better bremen uh, told fans or asked fans to not storm the pitch because yeah, good luck like <laughs> yeah because um like uh just the green the the, the the green on the pitch it's it's pretty expensive i think i mean i think yeah, they true. said half a million half a million euros for for the pitch um and you know as a fan you you when you have the once in a lifetime opportunity to be there <laughs> you, you take a bit of grass with you and from the pitch like holy ground uh, I think Ep yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think everyone did that so the pitch was ripped they uh, have to have to buy a new one now for 500k <laughs> but and and i think they took that really seriously because before the 
Game endet, der uh, lined up a bunch of security guards uh, before the stands, um, mm -hmm. like two rows before each stand. So they really want to prevent the, the whole thing, but... But the wall didn't hold? If you have 40,000 people just running towards you, I think you say, nah, man, I don't get paid enough for this shit. And <laughs> yeah, then exactly. Step, step by side. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, I think the security staff did a pretty good job to protect the players and the managers in the, in the Prim game uh, because you you mentioned the Everton game. Um, some pretty nasty scenes were that, yeah. uh, that some Everton fans ran to the um, to the manager of the opponent and um, yeah, uh, shouted at him um, and said some not so nice words. And the manager kicked one fan, and this whole the whole thing blows up in the media now. Uh, so that ran pretty good in Bremen. Um, no one was hurt or uh, shouted at, and all good. Uh, just just everyone happy and yeah, amazing, amazing. Did um. Do you guys have like, I know you're talking about the songs and stuff, and we love to talk about the music and sports intersection here. Is yeah. there a, a favorite song that you have? Maybe one that's, you know, kind of like the most iconic. I'm not going to ask you to like sing it if you don't want to, but is there just like one specific song that really kind of gets everyone going or is a more distinctive moment than some of the other ones? I think there are, there are more popular ones that are the easy ones that, you know, the whole stadium knows, like uh, like some pretty songs that consist of just three words, like SVB, Forza SVB and stuff. Um, the whole stadium can sing that. And then, there's, then there are some songs that just the, the ultra fans can sing. Um, okay. those, are, those are my favorites because yeah, they, they showed really that Uh, how much you can identify with the club and how you, how deep you are in that culture. Um, that's been, uh, yeah, that's some, um, there, there are some songs I really like. I mean, I don't know if I can sing them now. I, I wouldn't be too comfortable with that. Maybe I can play them. Do we get uh, on YouTube? Is that possible? Yeah, it might work. I can give it a try. I can always add it. No later. one will understand, but just to give you an idea. Yeah, there are some. I think that's that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I've never been to a to a <clears throat> American sports game like basketball, football, and stuff. Unfortunately, um, but I think that's a big difference because you have at one at one point you have the whole stadium singing the same song for your team. It's much more organized uh, between the fans, and I think that's a that's a pretty special feeling if you got if you got like. For sure. 40, I mean, 43,000 
43,000 people singing this, that song uh, in the last minutes of the game. Everyone knows we are going up. Uh, that's that's just, you cannot describe uh, what that feels. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, I mean, I get chills anytime I see, you know, Liverpool game before the game. They sing, you'll yeah. never walk alone. Or I think the closest thing, and I always say this, and I think I'm not alone in doing this, but the closest thing that we get to it over here is college football. And when people sing yeah. a fight song or sing an alma mater at the end or Virginia Tech comes out to enter Sandman and everybody is in unison or my favorite one is when they, uh, which because, you know, it's one of those other things too where they don't let them do it in as much anymore because fans always take it to a another place of hooliganism, as they say over in England. But when LSU, they have a song that's called, they call it Neck. It's like, let the band play Neck. And it's like this big, you know, huge New Orleans sounding kind of jazzy marching band yeah. song. But the fans have adopted a chant at the end <laughs> for the entire stadium. That's the, you know, the loudest stadium in the country. 90,000 screaming, crazy Louisiana fans. Uh, they scream at the end. It's like. And then all the fans just chant like, suck that tiger dick, bitch. <laughs> And so for a while they banned it because there's kids in the stands and stuff, you know, but I remember when they were going on that run where they went like undefeated and won the national championship, I think it was against Bama when they just housed them. And it was the first time yeah. in a long time where they finally beat Alabama. And I think like the whole fourth quarter, they just let it play it over and over and over. And yeah, that was one of the great ones where I think college football is the closest we come to kind of yeah. that culture. Of, yeah like you said, where you tie your identity into something, which is crazy because, I mean, I guess European football, there's some kids who are out there, you know, you have 17-year-old signings and stuff, but the weird part of college football is the guys actually on the field are like 18 to 22-year-old kids. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I think uh, you're right with that. College football comes pretty close. Um, I mean, the fan culture behind that is something something else. It's crazy. But it's a bit different, I think. And I think that's cool that you get into different sports with different fan cultures. Um, I think that's a good that's a good thing. Yeah. All right. We'll wrap it up there. If you have any other, you know, crazy stories, crazy memories from that day or anything we missed, Luis, uh, appreciate you kind of giving us this glimpse of European football culture, something that we don't get to experience, especially with the drama of promotion and relegation. Yeah, that's that's always that's always heartbreaking. I mean, if you're if you are Jacksonville in the NFL and you suck, you get the first pick. I mean, you can be happy about that, you know. Yeah. But if you are if you are Werder Bremen and suck the whole 2021 season and get uh, relegated to the second division, it's heartbreaking and everyone is, is sad because it's like a religion for for so much people, um, and it's it's crazy. So um, yeah, it gives it gives a little bit more spice to the whole thing. Uh, I think that yeah, that's something sure. you can say. Uh, Dankeschön, Luis. We'll hear you again, maybe closer to the uh, get some more NFL takes as the offseason gets going, get some preview of the NFL. Good luck with all your training over in track and congrats to your club for going up, man. Ah, thank you, man. Sean, it's been a pleasure. It was nice to talk to you. Looking forward to hear you again, man. Yeah, well, that's Luis from overseas in Germany. I'm Sean, and this will be a, another edition of the Chords and Chords podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Rate, subscribe, review, follow, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Tell your friends. Let's keep growing this thing. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.